0: Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to Locked on Packers on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Play. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. You can find us on your smart device. You can tell your car to play Locked on Packers if it's connected to your phone. Or if it's one of those really smart cars that just knows. Some cars just know. I don't know how they know, but they know. Uh, Mark Bullock from The Athletic is going to be on the show today to talk about Preston Smith, and I think this is a player that a lot of fans are not going to be as intimately familiar with. Someone like Adrian Amos, we saw twice a year. We saw him play for Chicago. We saw him play a lot, and we saw what that defense looked like with him in it. So it was a little bit easier. That was one of the reasons, frankly, why I started with him is because that that is a player that I think more Packer fans have institutional knowledge about and is a player that more Packer fans were were able to have an informed opinion about having watched him play so much more often than some of these other players. So I'm excited uh, to bring that to you. Mark is a, a really smart A football guy uh, really does a lot of interesting and and detailed work when it comes to the X's and O's, the film breakdowns, and and I told him, you know, when we were corresponding to get this scheduled, I said, you know, I've I've really come to enjoy following you, and and I learn a lot from doing so. So hopefully, you will learn a lot. Uh, Has some really great insight, I think, about Preston and and the kind of player. He can be for Green Bay, one of the reasons that that he may have appealed to Green Bay. And I think most importantly, when it comes to these contracts, can he live up to it? And what he might still have in the tank, what are the things that, that he can improve on that can make it so he can maximize the contract number? Because it is a big number. It gets to be a big number in 2020 and beyond and so can he improve can he can he can he reach the potential that he has in terms of just scratching the surface to this point because it does seem like from talking to people that that follow the team that that is how the team felt about him that that he was very talented and could be producing at a higher level if he just was able to get a little bit better in a couple areas, be used a little bit differently potentially. So we'll get to that in a little bit. I want to start the show, though, with a discussion about the cornerback group because Monday, Bashad Breland was signed by Kansas City. And it was a small one-year deal, maxing out around $5 million with incentives. And I think you know it's fair to wonder why Green Bay wasn't in that market. And I think the short answer is because they feel comfortable with Tremont Williams on the team. And why do I say that? Well, Tremont Williams is going to get $6 million this year, and he's going to be the starting free safety. And then next year, he's probably going to be off the team. So if that's the case, he is your break in case of emergency corner, something he did last year, flipped back and forth because of injuries. And that means they're not going to move Tony Brown, not going to move Josh Jackson. These are things I've suggested that they consider. But it doesn't seem like they're going to consider them. And that's fine. Um, They obviously know these players better than I do. And they have a plan, you assume. So when you look at this cornerback group, if they stay healthy, and obviously that's a big if with this group. But having Kevin King, who looks like a really good player when he's on the field. And, and we saw that last year. We saw the drop-off when he was off the field and how much they struggled at times. But early in the year when he was on the field, he played really well. Had battles with Devontae Adams in training camp. If he's healthy, he can be a good corner. We know what Jair Alexander is right now. That's a good player. We think, I think, he can be a great player. I think he can be a Chris Harris type player corner, who can play in the slot as a playmaker, can play on the outside, can can do a little bit of everything for you, can set the tone for you culturally, and be a cornerstone piece for this defense. Beyond that, we don't have a lot of known quantities. We don't know what to look at here. Josh Jackson had an up-and-down defensive season, and I I don't think it's being given enough respect that he's a rookie and a young rookie. One year, really, of, of college experience, a lot of zone coverage at Iowa. Man coverage is still new to him. And the NFL game is still new to him. Rookie corners tend to struggle. And inconsistency is common. That's why it was so heartening to see Kevin King take what felt like a year-two leap before he got hurt. He made an adjustment, and he had a lot more experience in college than Jackson. And what we also saw from Jackson was the ability to cover in the slot. I thought it was strange that they put him there so often, but he got better. In in week one, I thought he played really well against Chicago, covering Trey Burton and covering Tariq Cohen. And maybe we see him a little bit more often. Just because Jair Alexander is built like a slot corner doesn't mean he has to play the slot. So maybe in base, which is really nickel for the Packers, If they're going to play three corners, Josh Jackson doesn't have to be moved to safety to be doing some of the things that you would ask a safety to do. Let's say an opposing offense comes out in a two-receiver set. You can put Josh Jackson on the field with King and Jair, and he can cover the tight end or he can cover the back. And he can do some things that you would normally have a safety do. That's the benefit of having a versatile player like him. We don't know how good he is or how good he can be. Physically, I think he has the tools you look for. Not quite as fast. That's why he's a little bit better suited as a zone corner. Not quite as twitchy, but his long and the ball skills, the instincts. We saw it in the preseason. When he can play off, when he can read quarterbacks, he is really adept at finding the ball and making plays on it. And I think he just has to marry that a little bit better with trying to get the technique down in man coverage and all of the stuff that comes along with that. I expect him to take a jump. By all accounts, a great kid, a tremendously hard worker, and it does seem like Kevin King, Jair Alexander, and Josh Jackson all really feed off playing with one another and all really feed off working with one another. You add in someone like Tony Brown, who is a big personality, and an aggressive attacking defender. Someone who wants to get physical, who wants to make tackles, who wants to make every play. I mean, I just love his attitude on the field. Absolutely love it. He is a dog. And you want dogs on your defense. You give me 11 I don't talent level whatever. And Tony Brown is talented, but I'm just saying whatever talent level you have, the thing that I want more than anything else as a defensive player are you a dog? Do you want to just get after it and and relentlessly pursue with attitude? Yes. yes. And Tony Brown is that dude. And even if it gets you know over the edge at times, the taunting penalties, the, the unnecessary roughness stuff, by the way, those were weak calls. I, I don't I just don't care. It, they're not dangerous plays. As long as you're not dangerous, you're not hurting somebody. I just don't care. Play with attitude. Play with verve. Play with an edge. That's what I want out of a defensive player, and that's what he has. They're probably going to draft someone. And remember, Tremont Williams is the fifth corner if necessary. But they're probably going to draft someone, not high, but if someone's there, then maybe they take him. Fourth round, fifth round. And when you say, well, what what can that guy bring? Well, hopefully they don't have to bring anything. Because you have four guys that you have faith in. So if they have to play 10% of snaps, 15% of snaps, if they have to come in for half a game or even a game and be your third or fourth corner, that's not the end of the world. They have talent at the cornerback position like they haven't had in a long time. They need it to develop. They need it to stay healthy. They need those guys to be on the field. And if they are, this team could have something really really outstanding for the next, you know, five, six, seven years, secondaries tend not to last that much longer, just because the turnover at the position is such that it's hard to sustain success. You know, look at what the what the Ravens had. Look at what Seattle had. Those kinds of things are great in five, six year spans, and then when guys age out of athletic peak, things tend to go downhill. But they have they've got four young guys that they can feel good about moving forward. And and that is more than a lot of teams in the NFL can say. All right, let's bring in Mark Bullock to talk Preston Smith. He covers Washington at The Athletic DC. You can find him on Twitter at Mark Bullock NFL. Mark, thanks for joining Locked on Packers.
1: Uh, thanks for having me.
0: So Preston Smith is not a player that I think a lot of non-Washington fans are going to think is, you know, an elite pass rusher. The sack numbers are not there, but he gets a pretty big contract to play with the Green Bay Packers, irrespective of the contract itself. Just give me, you know, sort of a 30,000 foot view of Preston Smith, the player, who he is, where he wins and and where maybe he struggles.
1: So he's one of the players that he you're right in that he's kind of undervalued he's under the radar um and, and he's kind of in some ways he's a frustrating player because he has so much upside and potential but he he hasn't quite managed to fulfill that um and it always feels like there's there's something more to get out of him um and you just you just can't quite squeeze that little bit extra that you need out of him to make him take the next step um he in terms of his pass rushing tools, he's got just about everything you would want. I think he's listed at six five, two hundred sixty five 265 pounds, um, something around there. Um, he's got incredibly long arms. He's got great wingspan, and and that length is, is his key trait. He, he really wins um, with his length and, and keeping himself clean. Um, he has good but not great hands, and um, when he wins with his hands, he can often beat tackles with, with a long arm rush um and even guys like um uh smith from the cowboys have, have had troubles with with his long arm rush so um he he really really wins with that quite a lot um he has good athletic ability um the redskins have asked him to drop into coverage a fair amount um when especially when they play their um three four base package um and and they want to drop into a, a seven man so zone coverage um that they, they don't like Ryan Kerrigan dropping into coverage. Um, and, and Smith has a little bit more athletic ability than Kerrigan. He's a little bit more loose-hipped and, and has the ability to drop into coverage and, and run a little bit more than Kerrigan does. Um, so so Preston Smith's kind of the guy that gets to do the dirty work in, in that regard. Um, so with the Packers, I'd imagine they, they'd let him loose a little bit more. They'd let him rush a, a little bit more regularly. Um the the sort of the only real thing that he lacks as a rusher is he doesn't have the elite get off he doesn't have that burst off the line that that you know von Millers um will have that can make them beat a guy with speed he he's not a guy that will necessarily beat tackles with speed he can bend he can bend the edge um and he can turn the corner just fine but he doesn't have the get off to really trouble tackles where they're rushing their feet and and can't catch up. So he has to win a little a little bit more of a nuanced rush. Um and, and that will come more with, with the hand fighting and um and the long arm rush and, and using his length so he can keep himself clean. Um and, and tackles just can't get hold of him. And that's when he can use his strength as well. He's he's quite a strong guy. Um so in terms of a pass rusher, I think that's it's kind of an overview of where he's at. He he, he impacts a lot of rushes, um and, and like He's in washington they they call him kind of the the best nearly sack guy that there is he he, <laughs> he gets very close on a lot of rushes, but he just doesn't finish enough of them um I'm sure you've seen the sack numbers he's yet to have a ten digit or double digit sack season in his career um and then he just he feels like he's got the talent and the potential to get to sort of the ten twelve maybe even fourteen sack a season kind of guy. Um, he's just not getting there. He's not finishing rushes. He he gets very close. He'll get a hand on the quarterback and and stuff. But and but he just won't. Pre- he won't always prevent a, a pass being thrown. Um, but he will impact a, 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 a play and he'll he'll stop quarterbacks from taking deep shots cuz they'll have to move he'll force checkdowns and and he will get to the quarterback um and he'll get his fair share of sacks as well but he just he hasn't quite taken the step where he's really elite and dominant
0: and so what if if there is going to be something that allows him to take that leap i mean you mentioned being close you're still affecting the play when you're close you can still if you move a QB off his spot generally speaking most quarterbacks unless they're Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes you're going to make them a lot worse but what does he have to do to take that level because Green Bay is paying him like maybe not a top 10 edge rusher but a top 15 top 20 type player how can he make that leap where does he have to get to um, in terms of polishing his skill or whatever it is to make him that that you know more impactful play to play guy, and, and can do you see him doing that? Can he get there?
1: I, I think he can. Um, you, you see, the, the potential is there, and when you see the potential, you, you always feel that the guy can get there. Um, and if you watch certain games against the Panthers, he had a real good game. He really impacted a lot of it um, against the Texans. He he had some impact against the Cowboys. He he usually does well so he he can i think he can get there um there there were some reports and and these were reports from other people not myself so i i can confirm them but there were some reports that early on in his career he was a little bit lazy and and he needs a little bit of a kick up the uh, backside to get him going um and and perhaps a, a change of scenery will will help that um maybe some new coaching um, and and in Washington, they had various different coaches telling him different things. Sometimes he was with the linebackers, sometimes with the defensive line coach. Um, a few years ago, they they had Greg Minuski as an outside linebackers coach purely for pass rushes, and then he got promoted. and I don't think they replaced him. So like they they've had some various different coaches coaching his group, his position. Um, so perhaps someone that's dedicated to that position and, and one clear voice will, will help him in that regard. Um, but I, it's about him putting it all together. I, I think the, the improving the hand fighting is key for him. He is good in that aspect, but because he doesn't have that burst, he, he needs to be great with his hands. He needs to be perfect with placement and he needs to be at a hundred percent on every rep. And I think allowing him to rush more regularly will help. Um, as I said, he he was dropped into coverage probably more than he should have been uh, in Washington. Um, and, and you could even move him around some. Um, he has the potential to do that. Um, they, they did some of that with, with him at linebacker where he would stand up and move around and rush from an in, inside linebacker spot. Uh, I, I think he's, he's got this, the frame to put on a little bit more weight, and if you wanted him to, he could move inside from, and rush from a three-technique spot, but I'm not sure whether the Packers would want that with, with Daniels and Clark inside. I think they're probably pretty set there. So um, letting him work a tackle a little bit more regularly than the Redskins often got away from letting him really work a tackle and, and building up Kind of a, a feel of a game and, and setting up one rush with another sort of thing. So um, I, I think just a, a clear mind, it's a, a more consistency, and and improving the hands so that they get to as good as they can be. Um, because with his length, no tackles can can get their hands on him if he if he wins with his hands. So um, I think that's the key for him to take the next step.
0: And luckily for him, he will have a dedicated outside linebackers coach in Green Bay. They brought in Mike Smith uh, from Kansas City, so he should have that. And he's not going to be the, maybe the the one pass rusher for the Packers, but he's going to rush a lot. And, and I like what you said about his ability to play from the A-gap, maybe kick inside. I mean, do you think he could be like a like a sub package interior rusher because that was certainly one of the main appeals of the 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 Darius Smith signing. He can play all over, and it seems like yeah. Preston Smith is the same kind of guy. He did play all over uh, in college to the point where I thought maybe his best position was to add weight and play five technique.
1: Yeah, I I I kind of thought a very similar thing, um, and when. Uh, it, during his early years of his career and the Redskins had tons of issues with their defensive line. Um, and then they had Trent Murphy and Ryan Kerrigan playing outside linebacker. They, they, they did talk about letting Preston Smith put on a little bit more weight and kick inside to the five technique. Um, but then they got lucky and Jonathan Allen fell to them and they drafted Matt Ioannidis and he's come along and drawn pain now as well. So um, they, they didn't, Not only did they not kick him inside and let him put up more weight, they they never even really allowed him to put his hand in the dirt and move inside sort of a three technique or even a one technique over the the center in the A-gap or the B-gap. They didn't let him do any of that. Um, And Jay Gruden actually mentioned quite often that um, they'd like to see him move around a little bit more um, and, and play with his hand in the dirt. Uh, as a three tech um and and try to beat some guards with quickness um and especially with his length like guards are typically have shorter arms so um if yeah. tackles struggle to get their hands on him then guards are going to struggle to get their hands on him so uh, and th- maybe that burst is mitigated
0: that. not having that quick first step against a guard exactly. might be a little bit easier to win early
1: Exactly, and as you say, that's kind of something that they the Packers got in Zedarius Smith is is the ability to move inside, um, and so and Preston Smith, I think, is similar. I think he can do that. They've just with especially the last year or two, then they've had Jonathan Allen and Matt Ionidas and Jerome Payne inside. They've they've been reluctant to get away from those guys rushing inside, so they never kicked Preston Smith inside. But I think he can certainly do that. Um, And if if the Packers can find a way to let him do that, then uh, I think he would benefit too. Uh,
0: I, I appreciate all the insight on Preston Smith. I do, before I let you go, want to ask you, uh, because the Packer fan base... They were very interested in Landon Collins yep. and he got very paid. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I just wanted to get your perspective on that. Is this, obviously, it's a huge deal six years, $84 million, $14 million a season. For Washington, I mean, aside from being, you know, Tuscaloosa North. <laughs> is there yeah. is there a world in which Landon Collins can make this contract worth it in Washington?
1: Uh it's that's quite a loaded question given the, the yeah the size of the contract is surprising especially given the Alex Smith contract situation and the quarterback situation in general um that they only had seventeen billion cap room going into this so it was kind of a surprise to see them do that big of a deal for Collins um but they have a huge need at safety, um, like ridiculous. You you guys saw how Clinton Dix got traded there, um, and that kind of relegated Monte Nicholson, who was doing well, um, and then he had some trouble off the field. Uh, they cut G- DJ Swearinger after he spoke out one too many times against the coaches. Um, so they had a huge need there, and, you know, the the Alabama connection. Collins, it's hard to say anyone's worth that amount of money. Um, I I. I I don't necessarily think he is. I think he's a good player. I think he's a really good player. Um, I I don't think he's just a box safety, as some people have made him out to be. Obviously, that's his elite. Well, maybe not elite, but that's his best trait, is playing in the box, playing the run. Um, And and he played some dime linebacker last year as well, which which I think he could play more of. Um, But he can cover. He's not a guy that you want covering tight ends um, that are elite. He doesn't. Match up well against, like Jordan Reed has had his number a few times, um, or George Kittle beat him a couple times last year. So he's not someone that you necessarily want matching up against the elite tight ends, and you don't want him walking out and covering a slot receiver. But he can do the pattern matching concepts that he ran at Alabama. He, 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 the Redskins obviously are going to be looking to run that kind of stuff with the number of Alabama players they've got now, Um, and so I think he fits with what they're trying to do. Um, and almost they've almost paid extra for the cultural aspect of it of, of having that Alabama culture, that leader on defense um, and and finally hopefully finally getting a safety that they can rely on for a number of years um, to sort of anchor that defensive backfield.
0: Great, Mark, I told you before we started that uh, I've really enjoyed getting getting more of your work and getting to know the work that you do. so let my audience. Uh, find you as well. Let them know where they can find uh, the work that you do.
1: Uh, so on on Twitter, I'm just at Mark Bullock NFL, um, and I, I write for the Athletic DC. Um, and obviously, subscribe to the Athletic. You can get all sorts of, um, of coverage over there, and um, that you don't. It's not just limited to one city. When you get one subscription, you get access to everything. So there's tons of good NFL stuff on there on the packers on the redskins on on everything so um yeah that's that's where two places you can find me
0: and great nfl draft coverage as we shift our focus to that coming up in a couple weeks mark i appreciate you taking the time today
1: yeah thank you thank you for having me on
0: all right i want to thank mark again for joining the show a really informative discussion And, you know, I think one of the things that he hit on that that Packer fans have to be excited about is the upside, that with a little bit better technique and with a little bit more opportunities to do the kinds of things that he's really good at, he could really become a more impactful player on the stat sheet, someone that gets eight, 10 sacks a year. You know, we talk about this on this show a lot and, you know, talent is is just unrealized potential. And you don't want to be a player who's talked about as talented. You want to be a player that's talked about as being good. And right now, Preston Smith is just talented. He can do some things well. He's a very versatile player. He's not talked about because he's a very good player. He is a solid player right now. He has the physical tools to be very good. And that's why you like the potential. You like the talent. You like signing someone that you think can be at 26, better at 27, better at 28. There is still potential here. The Packers did not, with any of these signings, did not pay for the player that they that these guys were. These contracts are not worth it if you're paying for the player that those guys were. They might not be worth it anyway. But Brian Gutekunst didn't sign Preston Smith for more than $50 million because of the player he was. It's the player that Brian thinks Preston Smith can be, and that's where he has to get to. He has to work to get that because if he doesn't get better, he's not going to be worth the money. He has to be now being on the field is huge, and that availability is huge, and I don't think that can be understated here because the Packers have had a problem just putting bodies on the field. Zadarius and Preston Smith both have been available for their teams, and so is Adrian Amos. That matters but availability only goes so far. And Preston Smith, I think we heard, has the potential to be a very good player, especially for this defense moving forward. And, you know, it's got to get you excited to see him on the field. Now we know he's going to wear 91. You can get those visions of him in your head about what he's going to look like on this defense and we're only a couple weeks away from those guys getting out there on the field and actually practicing and us and us getting to to hear reports about how they look and and how everything's going. So, We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, more of these down the way. I have to get them scheduled, uh, and we will get them scheduled. I, I certainly want to spend time on Zadarius Smith, uh, but there's uh, there's going to be time to do that. We have uh, plenty of time between now and the draft, more than a month. So we'll get that going when we can. Uh, we will focus our discussions on the news that's going out there. Free agency Green Bay still has money to make a deal, so they, they very well might do that. It's just not going to be Bashad Breland. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that was a prediction I had. So, you know, that I, I missed on that one. But I think he's going to help Kansas City and, and good for them. So maybe they maybe they trade defensive backs. Maybe Eric Berry shows up in Green Bay because he's still, he still needs a home. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnPackers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Leave us a review, a rating. And uh, if you didn't make a friend yesterday... Tell a friend Tuesday. Make a friend Monday. If you missed it, tell a friend Tuesday. Let's do this. Let's continue to grow Locked on Packers. We're still growing. One, we were one of the, the five biggest growth shows last week, and we're already one of the top shows on the whole network, so that's pretty incredible, thanks to everyone who has supported us through the offseason, and uh, we've had plenty to talk about. Free agency is uh, is is often a time that we don't have much to say, but... The last two have been extremely busy, and that means and that means a lot of stuff for us to talk about. So that's what we're here for. That's why we're talking about them. And we're here every day, four days a week in the offseason, five days a week during the season. Anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.